Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time for Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California as we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving the market today to find the best solutions going forward. With the man who's just over there shaking his head every morning when we come in here, <laughs> Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul. Thanks. We're back here again. We're going to talk a little more real estate as we always do. Uh, I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and Barry Saywitz Properties. And uh, if there's one thing I've learned in my 30 plus years in commercial real estate, it's uh, to look at both sides of uh, transaction and both sides of the market and both sides of the perspective to try and come up with the best solutions uh, in a real estate deal. And uh, I have been a landlord. I have been a tenant. I have been a broker. I've been a principal. And uh, each time I get involved in a transaction, it's a question of trying to look at uh, all sides of it to come up with a solution. So today's no different. We're going to look at a couple of different sides of the equation. And I'm excited to have our guest, uh, Steve Rosansky, former mayor of Newport Beach, former city councilman of Newport Beach, and current CEO and president of the Newport Beach Chamber of Commerce. Steve, welcome to the show. Good morning, Barry. Yeah. So before we get going, I want to do a shout out, a couple. Uh, Number one, to my girlfriend and my son who bet me that I could not sport the Tony Stark post-COVID beard. And so for our viewers out there, I have given it my best shot. I just will tell you, it is not an easy thing to keep up. So for Robert Downey Jr., kudos to you. I also want to give a shout out to the Los Angeles Rams, who are successful in beating the champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And good luck this uh, Sunday against San Francisco. So let's get to it. Let's talk real estate. Uh, Steve, uh, you are a longtime uh, real estate investor in Orange County and Newport Beach, certainly long history uh, in uh, government and the community in Newport Beach. I guess let's start with uh, Chamber of Commerce, which is your current uh, role that you have today. Tell us uh, and tell our, our listeners a little bit about the Chamber. I know about it, but for the average person, what is the Chamber? What does it do and what what, what role does it provide in the community? Well, Barry, thanks for asking. Um, you know, I actually just celebrated my uh, nine-year anniversary last week uh, as President CEO of the Newport Beach Chamber of Commerce. There's a saying in the Chamber business that you you met one, if you've, if you've seen one Chamber, you've met one Chamber, and they're all different. Um, I like to think that ours is reflective of our community and so we're we tend to have um, a lot of people in professions so attorneys accountants wealth management real estate uh, things like that a lot of people in the hospitality tourism industry Um, so we were talking about major hotels uh, restaurants um, activities around the harbor and then you know there's the brick and mortar retail type people and everything else in between so we have about 620 member businesses and um, I like to think of us as kind of a, a, su- a support of the small business community here in town and that's you know how I see our role I mean if you go to other communities like you might go to Santa Ana maybe they're involved with workforce development or other programs and you know we don't really have those issues in Newport Beach but you know we're here to back up the small guy you know help him with you know the things that are going to make his business run smoother so and not to mention the fact that from a networking perspective number one it gives you a sort of a a stable of resources if you do need help but then number two hopefully you meet some people that you can either network with or do some business with i know that was our experience uh, uh going way back with the chamber yeah we i mean we basically say we have four core areas and so one certainly is networking um, another one is education. Another one is advocacy. And then we have a fairly large civic component. We do a dozen major civic events a year, um, including the Bow Parade, which we just had last December. You know, that's the role that I think we filled. The chamber actually was is an old chamber as chambers go. The, the city was founded in 1906 and the chamber was founded in 1907. 
So we go way back. Yeah. Well-rooted and well-diversified group of members, I, I would say, no? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we go anywhere from the person working out of their house all the way up to the Irvine company. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty diverse group of people. Yeah. And I would just say from personal experience as a small business owner, if you're looking to grow your business and you're looking to get more involved in the community, the chamber is a good place to go. I tell people the best way to, to get, you know, they, they invest in the chamber. We call, I like to call them our partners. And uh, I said, but the best way to get a uh, return on your investment is to engage with us, you know, come out to an event, you know, get involved with the chamber on some level, some committee, some, you know, referral groups we have. We have all types of different ways to engage with the chamber. And I know the ones that do, the chamber will work for them, for yeah. sure. I think like anything, you get out what you put in, right? Yeah. So in being involved with the chamber, I'm guessing that you are actively talking to small business owners. And so that sort of feeds me to my next question, which is, what are you hearing and what are you seeing from these small business owners as we continue to sort of struggle with the whole COVID? And I don't want to keep focusing on that, but it is the, the, that, amongst other things, the topic of the day. What are you hearing from businesses about what they're dealing with? You know, certainly COVID is part of it, um, probably less so than probably the last couple of years. I think, you know, the lot, especially in Orange County here, a lot of the restrictions have been lifted. Most of them have been lifted, except for maybe having to wear a, a mask in a retail store or in an office environment. But what I really hear is, and uh, I hear it from all levels, not just small businesses, the hiring challenges, um, you know, filling positions, um, supply chain issues, uh, especially like, you know, restaurants that can't get certain products or, or even I see it myself in stores I go into and, you know, maybe that it's not like the shelves are empty. Sometimes you see these crazy stories on TV where the shelves are, I don't know where those, yeah. they're taking those pictures. You go to the supermarket, it's plenty full, it's plenty to eat there. But yeah, my creamer might be out or that version of the six versions that they make, they may not have. So I, I think we're seeing some of that, but um, yeah, generally I think business is good, honestly. I yeah, don't hear yeah. a lot of people crying anymore. No, and, um, and I think, you know, my take on it from the businesses that we myth, uh, meet with on our end for, for uh, the brokerage side of things is, you know, you, ha you have to come to the realization that you just have to make do with what the new world is and try and make adjustments and, and go forward, whatever that means. Any shock to the system like this, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. And the ones that can adapt, improvise, and overcome, as they say in the, I think, in the Marine Corps, yeah. which I'm not a member of or never was, I wish I was, but, you know, respects that service but you know that's their attitude adapt improvise and overcome and you know yep. you're faced with a challenge and you got to meet the challenge and i think a lot of business owners didn't and the few that couldn't for whatever reason have, they're gone they're gone yeah secondary to covid or in addition to covid what else are these people uh, i mean obviously inflation potentially governments uh, certainly uh, after coming off yesterday's wild swing in the stock market a lot of uncertainty yeah i mean you know you're we've seen years of rising stock prices, rising real estate prices. I mean, I think we're getting to that point where, you know, you and I, we're about the same age. I think we've been through a few cycles. And, you know, you realize that, you know, stocks can't go up 20% every year infinitum. Yeah. Sooner or later, there's going to hit a peak and then they're going to drop. And real estate prices, I mean, I've owned, you know, real estate since I was 20. I bought my first property up in Temple City. And, uh, you know, I've seen the cycles and it goes up and it goes down. If, you know, if you have a good piece of property, ultimately it's going to bounce back. But yeah, so, I, you know, you just kind of have to go with it. I think there's probably some froth in the market. We'll see what happens with uh, some of the things that are happening with interest rates and uh, 
Yeah, there's no question it doesn't go up forever. And so the people who panic in the short term, uh, you're going to have bumps along the road. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think long, if you're in it for the long haul, you'll be fine at the end of the day. It doesn't help smooth over the road when you're bumping along no. as we're going. I've always been, honestly, I've always been a real estate investor, not so much on the, in the markets, only because you know, with real estate, you can at least fool yourself in believing it's still worth what it was right. yesterday. The stock market, not so much. I mean, right. so... No question. And yeah. so do you see the supply chain issue? And we, I talk about it with folks all the time. I, I'm curious your, your uh, opinion on it. Do you see the supply chain getting better as time goes on? Or does it continue to struggle throughout the course of the year? I think it'll get better towards the end of the year. I mean, just anecdotally, you know, I, I live right near the beach. I mean, you know where I live because you own a property right around the block from me. But um, and we won't say where it is because you don't want anybody showing up at your exactly. house. Exactly. <laughs> other than me for free food. But, you know, I was on the beach on Sunday. And, you know, you look out and, you know, a year ago or six months ago, literally I could count 40 or 50 ships out there. And now there's two or three. So. Something's working better. Obviously, they're processing, you know, the the cargo containers uh, through the ports. I know the ports are working um, at record pace. You know, processing a record number of uh, ships and cargo coming through. Um, you know, there's I think a lot of pent up demand. I mean, there was a lot of money pumped into the economy by uh, the federal government. So people, you know, they're feeling flush. They weren't taking trips, so they're saving money on that. They're not paying the rent in some cases, so they're saving money on that. And they're, you know, they're buying stuff. They have money saved up, and they're using that money. And they're buying things. And so one thing I did learn when I was in business school, you know, supply and demand curves. If uh, you know, demand goes up, the price goes up. So. Yeah. And I think the same thing would apply for real estate or, or, or anything else. Although it's interesting, the, the flip side of it, and I don't know who to believe or what to believe, but I read an article that the reason that there's not that many ships off the coast of Orange County and you can't see them anymore is they're hiding them down by the Mexican border or south of the border, and they're making them wait to come up so that the folks in Southern California would feel better about the fact that they don't see all the ships off the shore. So I don't know who to believe. It's possible. I mean, I've heard that they're started instituting a more like a reservation system so they can't leave Hong Kong or China until they know they have an appointment three weeks later at the port, which makes sense. I mean, it's a better way of managing the, the stockpile but, or the, the backup. But I think realistically, they're bringing in goods as fast as they can. Um, I think part of this supply chain issue is just, you know, the COVID thing. You know, truck driver can't be driving his truck if he's home yeah. in bed. And uh, the, the people can't stock the shelves if they're, you know, not able to come into work. So, I, I, as we move through this Omicron thing, and I think you know, through by the end of February we'll be out of it, and uh, I think we'll we'll probably see a lot of these supply chain issues work themselves out. And then I think you're back to the root of the issue, which is the economic growth, the inflation, interest rates, and then how do those major factors then play a part on back to you know real estate and jobs and just how businesses do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, the Fed's meeting this week. Interest rates are going up. I think all that's probably baked into the economy, as you know, uh, or into the markets. I mean, they all know that we're looking at two or three, you know, bumps at least. But um, you know, when you go from two or three percent uh, inflation up to three or four or five percent inflation, yeah, that makes people start to think: is is it long term? I don't think so. Um, but uh, and you know, interest rates. You know, we were getting mortgages in the twos for thirty-year, you know, fixed-rate loans. If it goes up to three and a half percent. Well, it's still historically low, right. but it is a 20% increase in the interest rate, let's say. you know. So it's hard to say how that's going to figure itself out. I, you know, I remember uh, my real estate broker days back in the, in the 90s and in the, in the late 80s, and I used to tell my clients, I was selling homes back then, I used to say, 
geez, you know, if interest rates just get below 10%, right. the market's <laughs> going to go crazy, right? Yeah. So it's so all now, relative. It's all relative, it's right. All relative. You know, it's all relative. And it will be interesting to see, you know, at the uh, talk residential for a second, you know, you have supply, really supply demand issue for sure on the residential side of things. And, and whether that's uh, Newport Beach, Orange County, Southern California as a whole, you have limited supply, so you really have just prices jumping up. And so when a house comes on the market, you just have a bunch of people that are jumping on it. And so if someone makes up a stupid number that happens to be at a premium or someone else bids it up because they just really want the house, then you start to see the prices run up and it, it sort of fuels that upward motion. I think what will happen, I'm curious what you think, is as interest rates rise on the residential side, the person who has a smaller mortgage, it won't really impact them that much because the rise in interest rate won't swing their payment. The person on the high end who's in the high net worth uh, situation, the interest rate's not going to make or break their world. It's the people in the middle trying to move up that are trying to get a bigger house, that are trying to afford more, that are going to get pinched, I think, uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, it, I mean, it's honestly, it's a simple calculation. I mean, you go to the bank, and they'll, they're going to lend you X based upon, you know, certain percentage of your income and, you know, what your expenses are. And if interest rates goes up, that just means that you can borrow less. I mean, it's, it's and yeah. so, yes, the people in the middle that need those loans, needs a half million dollar loan or a million dollar loan to buy a house, is going to get pinched because now the bank's only going to lend them $450,000 or only going to lend them, you know, nine hundred thousand dollars, and if they don't have that extra fifty or hundred thousand dollars to throw at the deal, the then deal. then they're out of the market, and so prices and they rent, and then and they then rent, the rents go up, right? <laughs> they and do. then so and then Price we go adjust. right, so then we go to to the next side, which is what I wanted. To, uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you about. So, look, you've been a long time investor of uh, different types of properties throughout Orange County, and like you mentioned, you've seen it go up and down. Here we are today. It's up. Rents are up on the residential side. Rents are up for the most part on the commercial side, maybe with the exception of the office sector. Um, and uh, do you see that the rents will continue to rise uh, again, just based on supply or demand, or do you see that start to soften up a little bit? It's got to soften. I mean, people can only you know, if you have a job, unless you're getting paid more money, which maybe you will. You know, we've seen six percent and seven percent inflation this past year. Does that translate into six or seven percent increases in your wages? If it does, then you got six or seven percent more money to spend on rent. So yeah. that's how I look at it. People will will spend as much as they can. I mean, you can factor in maybe credit a little bit, but people don't usually use their credit cards to pay the rent. At least I, I hope they don't. So, um, yeah, I think people, they'll spend to the level that they can spend. And sometimes they'll spend a little bit more if they feel wealthier or richer. Maybe their stock you know, portfolio has gone up, their 401k, and they said, wow, you know, I got a lot more money than I thought. Or my home's worth a lot more, so I'll spend more. You know, Because they, they have a good feeling about themselves and their, and their um, finances. But... Uh, you know, I've like I said, we've been through it. I've you know been involved in the real estate markets and uh, since the '80s, and can't go up forever. Yeah, and, and we were talking about it before we went on air. I think there's been a lot of movement, certainly since Biden took over, with older generation of people looking to get out of older properties and get rid of the management headache and trade into something different, either A, to just trade up and, and get rid of the old property they had, or B, get into something simpler before potentially the tax structure changes, or it's just time. Yeah. And and I think that's also fueling the market in terms of activity with exchanges. And you, you got to remember, too, we sort of live in a little bit of a bubble here in Orange County and Southern California in general. I mean, I don't Maybe you know better than I, but if, you know, is the market, and I know prices are going up all over the country, but is it the same, you know, in Idaho as it is right. here? You know, maybe, it, I guess there's Californians going to Idaho with all their money and, and buying homes in Boise, but 
Um, I, you know, it's a little distorted here. I mean, so you kind of have to take those glasses off and, and really look at, you know. And, and I think part of it, too, is you have to pay to play. If you want to live in Southern California yeah. with the nice weather, with the beaches, you you're, you just got to know you're going to pay. It doesn't help the, the pain or the sting of it. Um, but the people that don't have to be here, they go to Arizona, they go to Colorado, they go to Texas because the cost of living is much cheaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in Florida over the holidays and gas was like two and a half dollars a gallon. And then you go come here and, you know, it's four and a half or five dollars yeah. a gallon. Yeah. It's a big swing. And so, so in terms of the, I want to talk about a couple of the different sectors because we've done this on other shows, your perception of the office market, because you're dealing at the chamber with a lot of different businesses. Are people really back to work? Are a lot of people still working out of the house or remotely? And how does that play into, in your opinion, the office market going forward? Well, certainly if you're parking a lot outside, is there any indication people are still not back to work? Because, yes. you know, there are not a lot of cars out there. And just anecdotally, again, you know, I drive down the, the 55 freeway to get to, you know, uh, my house. And it used to be, you know, if I didn't get off at 22nd Street, <laughs> I'd be in a mile-long backup. And now you drive right up to the light. So I know people are not out of, at work like they were even in my office building it used to be i couldn't even go out one exit because there were so many cars coming you, c- you just couldn't turn right yeah. and now you know sometimes i don't even look left to, to to turn right so clearly their workers are not back especially i think at larger companies you know which have big hr departments and policies you know banks or insurance companies yeah. or large offices are still are still i think either not open yet or they're only open for you know uh, flex time they'll come in one or two their employees are one or two days a week so we're not past that yet i think as we move through this and this becomes more of an endemic instead of a pandemic that you'll see these companies bringing their employees back i mean clearly it's not going to be the same as it was two or three years ago um i think companies have realized that maybe there's are some benefits to not having all these employees at work you know may, it might be cost them a little less if they have to rent less real estate but then again i think they're going to look back and see well how productive really were these employees are they producing at the level that they would have if they were in the office you know as a chamber president i believe in one-on-one or face-to-face yeah you know, that's what we sell at the chamber networking right we don't you know we do we're we're actually um, in January, I, I said, "Hey, we're going to put all of our meetings back on Zoom because of the, you know, the increasing the cases and stuff." So we're functioning by Zoom, but having a Zoom networking luncheon is not the same thing. And so that's, you know, I, I, I believe people are social animals. I believe that they need that interaction, and I think eventually um, most of it will come back. Maybe not all of it. You know, I think it's accelerated certain trends. COVID, obviously, and in many sectors and in the office environment as well. And and we've seen it on our end where uh, people either look trying to get smaller space or just different space uh, or even more modern or more efficient or whatever the case is. So I think there'll be some movement in the market. Also, if the perception is now would be a good time to lock in a, a, a lower rate or a flatter rate on the office side. Industrial, completely different ballgame. Yeah, I mean, there's virtually no vacancy in the industrial market. Yeah, and and on the industrial side, I mean, what we've seen is each deal is just more expensive than the next, Mm -hmm. whether it's uh, as the investor to buy, whether it's the land deal, or whether it's the tenant whose lease comes up uh, and the landlord says, hey, this is what the last comps are, and so here, here you go. Yeah, I mean, even that area, I mean, and clearly it's probably the 
be not this year. It'll be years before that settles out. But I mean, a lot of that's just driven by this, uh, you know, the Amazons of the world and sucking up all this. And they take huge space, but they're also taking small space because they want to have you know these lo- localized distribution centers where they can you know have fifty thousand square feet and send you you know some paper, let's say for your copier, yeah. and you can get it. You can order it that morning, and Amazon will deliver it in the afternoon. So, you know, they've taken a lot of it. I don't know that you know there's traditional maybe let's say office i mean industrial users that are manufacturing things i mean i don't know that we're manufacturing any more stuff so i don't know that they're they're driving the demand i think it's more distribution um and you know even that at some point will have to level off i mean you certain you know once you distributed everything you can distribute you can't well i think that gets back to the inflation piece too because if i make widgets and my rent goes up 20 30 40 50 percent I have to incorporate that into my pricing, mm-hmm. and so my product goes up, and then who pays for it? The consumer. Exactly. Or you just move out of state because you can't make right. widgets here uh, cheap enough right. to be able to be competitive in the world market. Or the owner of the business says, I don't want to move out of state because I like it here and I live here, yeah. and then you, you pay and you do. Yeah, some so. do. Yeah. We've got a few minutes left. I want to touch on the apartment market a little bit because I know you, a uh, longtime investment, uh, in, investor in the uh, multifamily market, so you have a, a pretty good feel for what is going on. What is your sense uh, in Orange County of the investment side? Let's start with that and the, and the ridiculous prices that we've seen. It is ridiculous. Um, you know, I was out in the market myself in the last six months because I sold another property and I need to reinvest it. And uh, prices are astronomical. I mean, honestly, none of it really makes sense from an economic standpoint, unless you're just, you know, borrowing money at two or three percent. And then you're, you know, buying a building at maybe a three cap at a three and a half cap. And and then, yeah, okay, you're making a little bit of money, but, uh, you know, once interest rates go up or half or rates, expenses go up or well, any of that. Well, yeah, and, and then the next investor is going to say, well, you know, I got, I'm borrowing now at 4.5%. I need a 5 cap yeah. or something or at least, you know, something higher than what you paid. And the cap rate, uh, you know, is directly proportional to the income it's generating and the price that you're going to pay. And so uh, that, I think, eventually will put a lid on prices and we'll see maybe a plateauing. Um, for a while until the you know things catch up. Yeah, I, I miss the days where you buy an investment property and it, actually the price is dependent upon the return, and the return is actually dependent upon some methodology that you came up with where there's actually like some reasonable return. Right, right. Now it's it's almost that we're almost to the point where it's the greater fool theory. Yes, you know? and and, and, the, and I feel like the guy who's buying it either just has money to burn or isn't in an exchange or is trying not to pay the taxes, and so then all the logic goes out the window. And as the broker on the side of the transaction, I just tell the seller whatever I want to tell him, or I take whatever price he thinks it's worth because I want to get the listing. And then I test the market and see if it happens. And then some guy comes along and pays it, and you look like a smart guy. Yeah. You know, there's an interesting thing happening in Newport Beach. We're in the process of doing our redistricting, you know, with the, based on the new census. I was almost floored when I heard that the peninsula, which is uh, virtually the whole peninsula, lost 12% of its residents population on the peninsula, the, the permanent population on the peninsula is 12% less than it was 10 years ago, if you could believe it. Because of all the rental properties. All the rental, all the investors coming in and buying up the rentals and, you know, trying to do, uh, you know, a VRBO or Airbnb yeah. or, or whatever they're doing, you know, the short-term lodging. And so, um, you know, clearly they've pushed out even wealthy people who could afford to buy a home there that, you know, investors can pay even more. But once those, you know, cap rates and things change and, uh, you know, 
inflation and all that stuff works itself out, I think you'll see some, most of those people move out of that market, as, especially as it gets saturated. And, and actually, now that the city's put a, a, a lid on short-term lodging permits, you can't even get one anymore. Yeah. So, so you know, it's and maybe those properties will become more valuable because they have a permit. So, you know, there's so many variables. It's, you know, you really need a crystal ball because it's hard to... to yeah, on the, on the one hand, I'd love to see all my properties that I own go up forever. On the other hand, I'd like to see some other people struggle, so maybe I can make a good deal. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a toss-up. <laughs> um, well, look, uh, final question I want to ask is, so so what do you think uh, for 2022? Is there one thing for our viewers and our listeners to keep an eye on uh, that you think will, will really be the determining factor moving forward in the economy? Will it be supply chain? Will it be inflation? Will it be government? Uh, COVID, any of the above? Well, we really didn't even talk about government. I mean, obviously, government's a huge um, issue for small business. I mean, yesterday at our board meeting, I uh, presented uh, this new AB 1400 that's uh, being going to be voted on by the state legislature. And basically, that's single payer in California, moving California to a single payer system and at the cost of several hundred billion dollars, which will be taxes born on, on residents as well as businesses if, if it does pass. I, I don't think it will, but that's that's where we're headed. So, you know, government is, is a huge factor in, in business and the regulations and, you know, even on the real estate side, you know, when you're talking about, you know, CEQA and all the uh, permitting that needs to be done. I mean, clearly there's demand. Demand is there. You would think if demand is there, the builders are going to build, right? Well, yeah, they can't, can't because they can't find cheap land. And even if they could find cheap land, it's taken years to get it entitled. And especially in Newport Beach, we have uh, you know Coastal Commission issues, which is a whole other layer on top of, of just the regular you know BS kind of stuff right. that uh, you have to work through. And, and we've talked about it. A lot of the re, the development is really redevelopment and repurposing for what is highest and best used in today's market. And so when you're talking about rezoning, that also adds layer and right, time right. for the development process. I mean, look at it. Just go up the freeway. Look at like the Westminster Mall or yeah. something. That mall has been dead for years. I mean, you think that a smart developer would have come in years ago and leveled that place and built a thousand apartments over there, right? And who knows? They've probably been working on that they for pro- five years. They probably have. That's, that's the point. Is that it's just not so easy. You know, right. there's so much, so many hoops you have to jump through. So government regulations big. I think that uh, the the biggest thing holding back business though this year, not so much supply chain. It's going to be more um, the the labor issue, working that out. I mean, people's mindsets have changed. They like staying home. A lot of people like staying home. A lot of people realize that I can make more money staying home because I don't have to pay for things like childcare or whatever. You know, whatever else. On the flip side, though, you know, you do have some people like I uh, had a, one of my employees was out uh, for a week and he says, God, it's so good to be back in the office. So, you know, but I think people that are just jumping around from job to job, they realize that, you know, they, they become dissatisfied with their lives or whatever. And they're looking for something different and uh, they don't want to go back to doing what they were doing. And that's, I think, the biggest disruption is the labor yeah, I agree. I think those are two big factors, labor, and, and I agree with you as well. Government, whether it's Sacramento uh, or whether it's Washington, uh, are both going to ultimately dictate. I don't know if it'll be fast pace uh, uh, impact in the marketplace, but it's going to impact uh, depending upon what they do. 
Well, look, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and, and sharing your insights. As always, I, I enjoy chatting with you. Um, and uh, I, I wish you continued success for not only yourself and your family and your business, but the chamber as well. For everybody out there, I want to thank uh, Paul Roberts, uh, all of the entire staff uh, at uh, OC Talk Radio, our producer, Sophia, and all of our listeners and viewers for continuing to tune in and listen to us. We will be back next week to uh, talk some more real estate. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and Barry Saywitz Properties. And thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk Real Estate. We'll see you again next week. you have it you've been listening to let's talk real estate your weekly bs with barry saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in southern california on orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio streaming live from our studio here at the university of california irvine's beale applied innovation center